Hey everyone, David here. I want to tell you about my music podcast, On Rotation. It's engaging, interactive, and insightful. Music mm-hmm. entwines with everything. It's something that always rings true to me. So when I need something to kind of root me, I can always go back to music in a sense, you know? Yeah. Join me each episode as we rotate through a number of topics and hear why it's the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Listen to On Rotation wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's possible to overstate the extent to which the music one listens to actually has an effect on the music you write. You could take some portions of the song and be like, hey, this could remind me of this certain situation or this situation. That's when an artist can stay true to themselves with being honest with their lyrics. I feel like that's my favorite part of songwriting is being able to look back and really understand how I was feeling and you know what my perspective was on different events in my life. Hey everybody, what's up? What's happening? You're listening to On Rotation, the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is David. I'll be your host and lovely guide. Zach Newbold may be from a small town in Massachusetts, but he made a big splash when he landed a spot on season 22 of The Voice. I got a chance to talk to Zach about his initial reactions when he got two judges to turn around and where he sees his future going after appearing on the show. Well, Zach, welcome to the podcast. Having another Massachusetts act on here is great because like I was just saying, we probably don't live that far from each other. Like Northboro, you said, right? Yeah, Northboro. So probably about, was that 30 minutes? Yeah, from Medford, give or take. And you you grew up in Northboro, right? So you're Massachusetts like through and through. Yeah, yeah. Never. I want to move away at some point, to be honest with you, but I'm just afraid to leave family. So um, that's kind of keeping me here. But I'd love to live down in like Nashville at some point. Mm, yeah, I mean, a big like the big grab I wanted to snag you for the podcast was because you just auditioned for The Voice. So, I mean, first of all, congratulations making it on there. That's obviously a huge accomplishment in itself. Thank you. Appreciate that. And um, um so, I mean, that aspect of leaving Massachusetts and auditioning for The Voice, did you kind of, was this one of your first times, like, really leaving your hometown to pursue a music career? Um, Actually, no. I've um, I've actually tried for The Voice before, back when I was, like, 15. Okay. Um, and I made it pretty far. I made it to one of the auditions out in California, so I was out there for, like, a week didn't end up working out and um, they said we'll like reach out to you eventually again I ended up reaching out obviously recently um and now I'm 19 so quite a bit later mm-hmm. um they're like hey you want to come out and I'm like you know what why not let's give it a shot so I've been out there for that and um I've also gone to California for a few other like singing things and stuff like that but yeah wow so 15 was the first time you tried right is that what you said yeah 15. So fit, that's, that's even, that's still young. Like you're 19, like you said, but still like what made you want to go on at 15? Like that could be, I feel like that's scary for some people because you're still trying to figure out, you know, yourself, let alone like what you want to do in music. Yeah. Um, I don't know with everything else I've ever done, whether that's like a, like trying to figure out if I want to go to college or not, that was always a hard decision for me, but like, music i don't know why it's just been something i've loved so much my entire life Mm -hmm. that it just like 
it stuck with me immediately. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. And I never want to change that. And, um, and I get sick of things pretty quick. Music's one thing that has always stayed exactly the same. I've always loved it. Um, and I don't know, I don't think that'll ever change. Um, so I was like dead set on music since my first, my first performance. And, um, I saw that opportunity and I'm like, yeah, I'll go for that. And, um, Mm -hmm. I just love the stage so much that like, yeah, I get nerves when I go up there, but I love it so much that it's just, I can kind of throw the nerves out the window and say, I love it more than I am nervous about this. Mm-hmm. Were you nervous auditioning this time? Cause like I mentioned you before we got on, you made it to the blind auditions, which is, you know, for people that live under a rock, it's how you get, you know, further in the competition on the show. Was this, was this like the biggest stage you've been on so far? Yes, for sure. Yeah, so you had to you had to have been some kind of nervous. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> I was a little bit shaky walking in, but um believe it or not, I wasn't that nervous going in, and I was surprised about that. Um it was the moment I saw Camila and Gwen turn their chairs and look at me. I I was just like no way that just happened. <laughs> it was like it was like I was looking at like two fake people because you see them on screens your entire life these two people and all of a sudden they're sitting there in front of you and the big red like chairs that say the voice and i pick you all over them and stuff like that and you just look at it and it's just like it's like this vision that you built in your head and all of a sudden it's actually there Mm -hmm. so that's what kind of choked me up for a minute i was just like i can't believe that just actually happened and it, it was like a mix of nerves and excitement. And I was just like all over the place. It was almost hard to keep singing at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah. I, I can imagine too, like I'm not a performer, so I can't relate, but even like the crowd, you know, obviously getting into it. Like you said, it's kind of one of the first really big settings you're in with meeting the coaches. And like, you co- you do get like that starstruck energy. Like you said, was it difficult? Like you said, a little bit just now to keep singing and keep performing. Cause obviously you're trying to get, as many people as many coaches to turn for you or are you kind of like all right i got to like i'm just gonna keep going or you know that, did that kind of throw you off or kind of push you to do better or do more for a minute i um it was like almost a relief because i was like okay i'm in the clear now it's like but in me personally i always want to do i always want to push for more that's just how I am. Like, I want to get the best outcome in every situation. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to turn all four of these chairs. So like, I, I smiled for a second and then I'm just like, all right, let's just like suppress, let's suppress this for now. And you just, <laughs> I'll kind of disappear on stage and I just go right back into like being serious about it. Cause I was like, I just need to forget this and just focus in so I can turn the other two. And um, obviously it didn't work out for me, but you know what? I'm, I'm still very grateful to be up on that stage and, get to turn to them mm-hmm. no yeah totally like i said congratulations like you know it's a huge feat especially you know being so young and having tried to compete before like it must have felt really gratifying what about um so i want to talk about your song choice you sang you somebody um why why that song and why that band it's kings of leon right yeah kings of leon that sing that song yeah um so with me i kind of like I like to pull from different genres um, Hmm. and not just kind of buckle into one. Um, I mentioned that on the show. I kind of said I was trying to find my style. Um, 
that was like the best way for me to put it. Um, and the reason I was saying that was because I'm so, I, I hate the idea of buckling into one genre. Like I don't believe it's a thing. I think you can sing any genre you want and pull from different genres to kind of create your own. And I'd like to kind of create my own, I guess is what I'm saying by pulling from a little bit of like rock and a little bit of slip some maybe country things in there and some pop too. And um, just kind of create my own style. And I just felt like that song was, um, it just gave me like a lot of room to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously I couldn't really slip country in a song like that, but it really gave it like that pop rock feel. Mm -hmm. And the rendition I did of it, I kind of slowed it down so I could really like hit the notes at the end and give it kind of that rock raspy type feel to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something interesting too. Like a couple things, like the arrangement is what really you're talking about. And like people that audition, and I used to keep up with the voice a long time ago. I don't, not so much anymore, but people like, I think really stand out when they kind of have their own rendition of the song and that all comes with like the arrangement that you do. And that's something I think like you're getting at is what you were trying to do, like make it really your own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was like my main goal because um, I don't know. I've always been into that. I hate keeping it original because um, like keeping it not. I like to keep it original as in like original to me, but I hate keeping it as the original style because that's how somebody else wrote it. That's how somebody else performed it. I want it to be like me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Put the Zach stamp on it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then that raspiness too in your voice, like love how you just mentioned that because john said that to you after you know he didn't turn his chair around how rude and then came to full circle (laughs) um he was like use that to your advantage is that something because it's something else i want to talk about too like you said also in your audition your voice has changed a lot recently and you've done you've kind of developed this raspiness more from what i understand so is that something you see now that like the coaches have kind of put it out there you want to focus on more like using that to your advantage like I said um yeah I mean um to be honest I can't really change it (laughs) (laughs) it it came out I used to be like pop like the your classic like I guess Sean Mendez type pop like that kind of stuff um and all of a sudden I just it just went completely like gritty on me and I was like it just got all raspy and I was like what what just happened so it it was like a little bit of a learning curve but um now I honestly can't get rid of it I guess that was just (laughs) voice changing and um I kind of just have to embrace it but I actually really do like it um Mm. because it's something you don't hear in every voice so I think it can make me stand out a little bit right I like how you mentioned that too about like the stuff you used to do because I creeped on your YouTube before this, you know, normal things that I would do before an interview. And, you know, like a lot of the old videos you used to do, like you said, were like Sean Mendez. I think you had a Sam Fisher song in there. Like, I think maybe you had a Justin Bieber or Tate McRae, like, you know, like top 40 pop artists, like you mentioned. Yeah. And your voice does, it just sounded so different. Like, I, is it like puberty, do you think? Is that what happened? <laughs> you just don't like really know? It was like I hit puberty, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, let's just smack this kid in the face again with the second round or something. (laughs) All of a sudden, it just changed again. I I don't know. It's weird. Um, 
because I really thought my voice was done changing. And then it just blinked my eyes and there we go, a whole new voice again. So it was really like I had to learn. I had to learn my voice like three times over. Damn, that's what that's something I feel like we don't talk about very often, like too, like with artists, because I mean, you know, unless you're coming up, you know, like you said, kind of as an adolescent being a teenager and you're going through those changes, like it's kind of normal. But I feel like that could happen to like artists at any point in their career, like maybe like a surgery or like something that they go through, like their voice can change. So I like how you mentioned that, like you've kind of had to learn your voice and how to work with it, because at the end of the day, your voice is your instrument, you know? I mean, it's it's never going to be consistent. Um, your voice, it would be lovely if it could be like a piano or something where it's just the same note every time you click it. But just as you get older, you're just going to see those changes regardless. There's no way of avoiding it. Um, mm-hmm. You definitely can practice vocal health and this and that, but just like anything. I mean, you use a car, you put mileage on it. It's going to eventually get worn down. Your voice does the same thing. Um Obviously, I still got a ways to go before my voice gets worn down. But um, yeah, you just kind of have to expect changes. Right. Yeah. And kind of talking too with like the style that we mentioned, like you said, we kind of mentioned you did a lot more like pop covers before and you kind of transitioned to more of like a rock, like and you want a corporate country. Like, so would you say like safely, like that's the sound you kind of see yourself going towards or gravitating towards with your voice? Or do you also see yourself mixing it all together, like you said? Um, I if I had to like define my genre, I see myself going like I'd call it pop rock country. That's uh every time I write a song, it always ends up going that direction. Mm-hmm. Has those like rock notes, but kind of sounds country in the verses. Um, I don't know, it's a cool mix. It's something you don't hear too often. Right. And, uh, yeah. I'll probably start releasing music pretty soon but, oh really yeah i was gonna ask you about that because you had um your tiktok too which like you know at like almost i think seventy five thousand followers so like cool you were posting some like original songs in there too so what's give us give us the story with that like original stuff you got stuff in the works you think um i posted one on there that i've been working on quite mm-hmm. a bit um so i'll probably release that sometime in November like mid or maybe maybe December the latest but I definitely will have at least a single coming out and then this year I plan on releasing like between maybe six and ten songs mm-hmm. I really want to start pushing them out because originals is something I've never done um but I've gotten a lot of comments after after my blind audition and people really want to hear a lot from me so it's just been um it's been motivating and it really makes me feel like um makes me feel like people really do want to listen to me because um there's so much negative feedback Mm. um whether that's tiktok or like kids throughout school or something everybody always has something to say so it made it kind of difficult but this show gave like I mean, I was doing it anyway, but this show gave a ton of validation and made me feel way better. Made me feel like people actually wanted to listen. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start pushing out a lot more music now. Yeah. And honestly, like now's the time too. like as you're moving up through the ranks with the voice or you're getting more of that notoriety from like, you know, like we said, TikTok or social media, things like that. 
now is like really the time for you to work on your brand and like work on your sound, like you said. So I think that's awesome. Um, do you do a lot of your like songwriting producing by yourself or do you kind of have people that you work with? Um, I, I wish I could do it all by myself, but I'm, uh, I'm trying to get better at all the softwares and stuff. Like, um, I have logic. I don't know how familiar you are with that. It's basically just upgraded garage band if you don't know, but, um, <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've been trying to mess around with it a little bit, but it's just so frustrating to me. Every time I do it, I'm like, I just want to get straight into playing guitar and laying that track on and singing on it. Um, so yeah, I have, I have somebody who's doing it for me. Um, mm-hmm. That way it just costs a bit more, but it gives me peace of mind. So, right. That's yeah. fair. But your songwriting, you like, that's pretty much all you, right? Like, I think I saw your videos too. You're like usually in the car and you're like, I just wrote the song. Let me play it for you. Like, is that how it goes? Um, as far as lyrics, melodies, um, I kind of just, I'll get an idea. Um, just out of nowhere, it happens every few days. Mm. And I just like, I'm like oh there's a song and i just write down the melodies lyrics and just play it on guitar um mm-hmm. i was just working on one actually before i hopped on here i got a little idea so i just wrote it all down cool so you're kind of inspired by anything would you say like things you just pop into your head it's just like i'll hear like a melody in my head like even if i'm it'll be at the most random times like <laughs> even if i'm playing <clears throat> sorry i'm just getting over I'm just getting over a cold, so I'm like a little congested. No but uh, not like I was just playing video games the other night, and all of a sudden, <clears throat> I was like, I got to sign off this for a minute because you know, I got an idea. Just like the most random times, a melody will pop up in my head, or <clears throat> I'll get this line, and I'll just pull up my phone and just sing it into voice memos or something real quick. Mm-hmm. So you'll also forget it just as fast as you thought of it. Um so I'll throw it on there or I'll come in my room and just like write an entire song real quick. Or sometimes it won't, sometimes it'll be harder and the ideas won't come out as easy. And that's when you kind of just walk away from it is what I learned because it just gets frustrating at that point. Right. Yeah. No, I can, it's kind of hard when you try to push for it, you know, yeah. if it's not coming to you naturally. And what about like your home environment is your family, I would hope so because they were there. I think your parents were there on the side of the stage. You know, are they supportive of your music career and do they kind of help foster your creativity and things like that? Yeah, they're they're very supportive. Um, I always show my music to all of them. I'll like, I'll like call my dad into my room and I'll be like, what do you think of this song? And then I'll call, then I'll like go to my mom's house and show her. I'll be like, what do you think? Call my older brother and my younger brother and I'll just <laughs> kind of sing it to like everybody and I'll, it's just awesome because you get those um you get like multiple opinions right off the bat Mm -hmm. to see like what you can tweak um because everybody has different preferences so it's awesome having that support around right you get the zach and you get the new bold family approval of a seal (laughs) it's like it's got to go through all the layers it seems before you can look all right now i can put it out mom says yes dad says yes brother say yes you know (laughs) like and um they're also like very honest with me. They're very supportive, but like I tell them to be honest with you. I'm like, if this if this song sucks, tell me because I, I don't want to put out something awful. So yeah, yeah, They're totally awesome to have a have around and run stuff by. Mm-hmm. 
And when did you kind of like start getting into music? Like really before you were 15, obviously, and you started to go for the voice. Did you, I think I saw too, you did like piano, you did some singing lessons in choir and things like that. So when did all that kind of start happening for you? Um, so I picked up guitar when I was like really young, like maybe five. Um, and I, I'm a lefty. So when I first picked up a guitar, I picked it up with the strings facing towards me, mm-hmm. holding it like left. And like, this just isn't going to work for me. But everyone kept telling me I had to hold it this way. I'm like, or like, or I just did that opposite. So I held it left. Everyone's like, you got to hold it this way. And I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, what do you mean I have to hold it this way? I can't. <laughs> um, but uh, so that was like the norm. So that's how I started to learn guitar. Um, but then I'm like, this just isn't working for me. Um, cause I just simply wasn't a righty. Um, so I dropped guitar and I moved on to piano, um, piano I kept with till now I still play it. Um, and then in fifth grade, so around like between eight and 10, I don't know how old you are in fifth grade, but, um, I picked up, I, there was a chorus solo and, uh, my teacher's like, yeah, anyone who wants to do it, feel free to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, I'll, I'll go for it. I went home, asked my parents and they said, yeah, go for it. And, but, um, they were just saying like, if you try out for this part, you're going to get the part. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know about that. Cause I had only sang in the shower and like, I definitely always liked singing. I grew up like humming and everything. Even before I could talk, I always just loved music. <laughs> um, but I went for it, ended up getting the part. That's what put me in front of an audience for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I just like loved being in front of an audience. Um, never since then, I realized that I loved it. So my parents went and signed me up for um, voice lessons. And I took those for a few years. I don't take them anymore. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I still sing, but I just don't take lessons. And then when I was 15, I went out to California for the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was there for a week. And a bunch of people play guitar. And I was like, this really sucks because I don't know how to play. Because it's kind of like whoever holds the guitar has all the power over what song is played. Right, yeah. I can't pick the songs now. I'm like, this really sucks. (laughs) Um, But that made me come home. And immediately I bought a guitar. And I'm like, I'm learning this. And I basically just taught myself everything I know on guitar. Um, And I learned it righty for some reason. I just never switched back to lefty even and better <laughs> kind of what i learned so i'm just like i thought it was normal i thought that was like the normal way of doing it and then i was i was like oh there's left-handed guitars great <laughs> <laughs> only i knew that a little sooner but i now- was waiting for the punchline i was like i think he does know there are left-handed guitars right i don't want to be the one to break it <laughs> for, a, for a while i'm like are there and i just like <laughs> never really questioned it because i just had a right-handed guitar so i'm like all right i'll just learn it i right. learned that and now i'm just so good at it like that i'm like I, why go back at this point wait so can you can you play lefty and righty then or you just do righty i've never tried lefty i doubt i can play that's lefty. crazy but um it's like i was supposed to learn how to play lefty guitar but now I'm right mm, right yeah that's so what I mean, mind over matter, I guess. Good for you. 
<laughs> if you but it's that's so funny you're like yeah if i knew there was lefty guitars you probably wouldn't you went through that whole thing but even like you said i like that process where you're like yeah whoever holds the guitar like makes the decision and that's you know i has that kind of helped you like with your songwriting and things like that too like now that you know how to play a guitar like it kind of helps you like strum out some chords and like put a yeah. melody together you know i couldn't i couldn't write before i learned guitar i was like because without the melody the lyrics just don't flow for some reason mm. so um yeah i i would spend like a month trying to write one song and now it's like I pick up a guitar and write a song in like 20 minutes, like the moment the idea pops in. So it definitely helped a lot. Yeah, that's crazy. What's it been like coming back to Northboro after the blinds? Have you gotten any like local reacts? Like are people coming up to you, you know, from like high school and be like, I know Zach, like we were back in, we were boys back in the day, you know? <laughs> so I've gotten a ton of messages. Um and the other day I went to like this small, like a meat market in my, my town just to grab a few sandwiches. And, um, I walked in and I got stopped by three people and they're like, Oh, you're the one from the voice or whatever. <laughs> but besides that, I haven't gotten out much because today is the first day I'm not sick. So <laughs> since it aired, I'm just like, I've just been like so sick. I was like good for about three days. Jeez. And it just set in. So I've been sick for about like, five six days now so i haven't really gotten out much today's the first day i'm feeling all right again <laughs> so we'll see yeah we'll see what happens then maybe if you go out for dinner or something with the fam and then people start coming up to you yeah yeah we'll see um i don't know i passed by a few people nobody's really said anything mm. um, i don't know i got some weird looks in the gym as well but <laughs> this was all like within the three days i had before i got sick but like some people just like stare at me funny and I was like right because they're probably trying to figure out if it's you or not yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that yeah that's uh, funny yeah what was I gonna say um what was like your process for picking Camilla as your coach because you know same thing she was really they were both Gwen and her were you know they were fighting for you like I could tell they both really really wanted you on their teams but what made you ultimately decide to go with Camilla well going into it I was actually gonna pick Gwen. Mm, plot twist. <laughs> and I was like dead set on that. Um, but then they both turned and Camila started like talking to me and she just was showing more interest, it seemed at the time. But while I was singing, I couldn't hear Gwen saying like, I love you and all that stuff and yelling to me. I had no idea. Um. So I kind of missed out on all that just over the sound of the crowd and the singing and everything. And all I heard was like Camila talking to me <laughs> rather than all the small things Gwen did to show how much she liked me. So I was like, oh, Camila obviously has more interest. And um, just the fact that she brought up, she was also in the, like where I was at, mm -hmm. like she, she's been in my shoes, been on that stage and, uh, knows how it feels and she also addressed she addressed more she was more critical as far as um like she mentioned one of the high notes i kind of struggled to hit mm. um, and i feel like gwen was kind of less critical so that's what drew me in mm. um looking back at everything gwen did my 
answer might have been my original answer. But <laughs> I, was, I wish I could have heard what she was saying. Right. I was, yeah. saying, but it was just so loud and so much going on. It's hard to even remember that audition because I was like, it was almost like I just blacked out. Right. The nerves and excitement and stuff. It was, it was just crazy. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a shame you didn't hear her screaming for you. She was, dude, she was hyping you up. She was really fangirling over you. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I wish I knew, but I I couldn't hear it. So, damn, that's wild. But you feel confident in your decision, like you know, you feel like Camilla so far has been very nurturing and helping you kind of you know work with you really well one on one. Yeah, I still think Camilla is awesome. Um, and yeah, I just. I wish I could have heard every last thing that was on TV, but um, no, I, I don't think it was a bad decision by any means. Um, obviously, I went with like my gut and I did what I thought was the best decision for me. And um, yeah, I mean, they're both awesome. Camila's awesome. Gwen's awesome. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, all four could have turned around and it could have been a different scenario too. I don't know. They all start talking to you when you're you're like, okay, I want you. No, I want you now. I want you. And it's, they all just bring so much to the table. It makes it difficult to choose. Right. Oh yeah. I can imagine. I mean, I get a, I have a hard time like settling on plans sometimes when people want to hang out with me. I can imagine like people fighting for your attention in that capacity, like to help with your career. Cause like we've been talking about, this is what you want to do. You know, like you've gone back and forth about going to college and pursuing a different career. But like you said, music is what you really want to do. So like, I guess my last question is what, like, what's, what's next? Like, where do you see the voice kind of progressing and where do you see your career as an artist progressing from here? I see a lot of original music (laughs) and just really pushing on social media and um, just trying to put my name in front of like anyone and everybody and everyone possible. I just want to push my name on social media and just, see how many fans I can bring and I really hope people like my original music and I hope that within like a year I could be performing on stages for people and um just having people really interested in coming to watch me that would be that would be the dream so we'll see but I just <laughs> keep working at it and keep pushing and I just I'm just gonna continue on the path I'm on awesome yeah keep the grind up dude that's all we gotta do <laughs> Well, Zach, thank you so much for coming on. On that note of socials, why don't you throw those out so people can keep up with you, watch you on The Voice or whatever else you got going on? Where can people find you on social? So um, my Instagram is Zachary Newbold. Um, that's Zachary with an H. Um, and then, I don't know, should I spell out my last name too? Or are you able to like throw those up there or something? Uh, you can throw it out there. I'll probably write it, but you know, might as well help. <laughs> <laughs> instagram's um zachary newbold it's z-a-c-h-a-r-y and then n-e-w-b-o-u-l-d and tiktok is just zach newbold spelled same way awesome. uh, do you still upload to youtube or is that kind of on pause for now um i'm gonna start again but i figure if you have my instagram and tiktok you can kind of just find everything <laughs> oh, they're all linked together so you can like click from my tiktok to my instagram click the link in the bio on instagram and you're at youtube so yeah you find one you pretty much find them all yeah make it easy for us man there (laughs) we go well zach thank you again so much for coming on i really appreciate it and best of luck congratulations again with the voice and everything thank you so much thanks for having me
Midnights. 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 Midnight. In case you couldn't tell, we're going to talk about Midnights <laughs> by Taylor Swift. And I can't believe this is her 10th studio album, Andrea. Can you believe that? I can. <laughs> oh, okay. You've been following Taylor Swift from like literally the beginning. So like, of yeah, course, you're like, mm, that's mm-hmm. right. It's mm-hmm. so wild, like thinking about the difference, just like her whole, like from the start to where she is now, like, you know, no one's had a career like Taylor Swift. It's wild. No one. I've tried. I've <laughs> <laughs> tried. Many have tried and not succeeded but you know she's taylor swift she's just she's in her own lane and i think like one of the things with this album that i like noticed right away is that she's always good at like taking something whether it's like a commercial pop sound or whether it's like a little bit more underground indie she's always good at making it her own you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like she'll take you can give her literally the spoons and she (laughs) eat (laughs) she Um, make it like a taylor swift staple you know yeah well this is what we were talking about at work the other day is how this album is pop yeah it's pop yeah but it's not like mainstream pop mm-hmm. like i'm a big bleachers fan which is jack antonoff's band yeah and jack antonoff produced the majority of this album and i hear a lot of bleachers in this album and i love yeah. that <laughs> That's fair, because, like, when you think about it, too, this is her first, like, full, like, studio album since Evermore and Folklore. Mm -hmm. Like, she did some re-releases in between, so it's, like, this is the first time in, like, you know, a year or two that we're getting, like, an actual, like, Taylor Taylor album. Well, even longer, like, she stood on Jimmy Fallon. She's, like, I haven't done an auto... What is it? Auto... Autobiographical, yeah. Yeah, that's that's hard for me to say. That's what she was saying, yeah. Um, Album, since Lover. Mm -hmm. So it's been spend some time yeah so I think like and that's like really something evident in this album too Mm -hmm. like I think a few of the songs too like we can dive right in because as soon as you Mm -hmm. said that like I have the notes on my phone just of like all the songs I've highlighted because when you really because I think this is an album too like arguably Taylor Swift is like one of the best songwriters of her generation if not the best songwriter I think she's the best I think unbiasedly I think (laughs) I I, I know I really think she's no one else has really done it like her no that's true yeah she is she is arguably the best and like some of these songs when you really like get into the nitty-gritty of what she's saying it creates a whole different picture and like that topic we're saying of like it being autobiographical i think the one song that really is like the best example of that is would have could have should have and that's my take i don't know how you feel but (laughs) that one hits you where it hurts mm, yeah because she's talking oh. about like you know there's one line I don't know if I wrote it down like something about like oh I want my girlhood back or something like that give me back my girlhood it was mm-hmm. mine first ah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah do like, you know just... who they speculate that's about no who I was curious if there was someone in, tar- in like question I should say yeah John Mayer really <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's what the that's what the Swift talk is saying. <laughs> is that why I think I saw memes where people were like, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's happy this album isn't about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, also my friend Rachel has a big theory that Maroon is about Jake Gyllenhaal and Ooh. Taylor reflecting on the album Red, and in it she lists all the colors around the color red, but not red. 
I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Cause like she says Scarlet and like mm-hmm. Scarlet was the color that she references of the scarf. Right. I want to say and all too well. The scarf is red. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. You, you know, to me, the tomorrow. real scarf wasn't red <laughs> just for clarification. Yes. But yeah, yeah, like I was curious about that too. Cause like we're saying, this is an autobiographical album from Taylor. So it's like, how many things is she referring to and how many things are like kind of sneakily she's referring to and how many mm-hmm. things are like outwardly I well, feel it's like she's funny. Not, like being super outwardly you know yeah that's kind of who she is now she like drops hints and stuff but mm-hmm. it was funny when it was announced because um for those who don't know Taylor Swift is in the process of re-releasing her six studio albums the first six um because she does not own them and every time she re-releases them she gains ownership of that album so always stream taylor's version <laughs> um but when she has been re-releasing these albums she also releases like a chunk of songs called vault tracks mm-hmm. which are songs that just didn't make the album originally when she released it and fans love that because you get to hear songs that she wrote you know when she was 18 that just never made it on the album she released when she was 18 it's so fun so when she released midnights she announced midnights i was like oh my gosh are these vault songs that she just like didn't have anywhere to put that she's putting on midnights and that is not the case she has clarified that she's written these songs recently about 13 sleepless nights in her life Mm -hmm. so i think you know we were talking about john mayer like i think that's her reflecting on like that experience and like writing a song about it so many years later or like maroon how we were talking about jake gyllenhaal like maybe Mm -hmm. these are all like theories but you know it's it's very uh i love the concept of just like not being able to sleep and like these are things in my life that keep me up at night that i still struggle with even Mm -hmm. though they're from the past so i thought that was interesting that they weren't ball tracks yeah, and I think, too, she said something about, or Jimmy Fallon asked her in that interview, too, that she referenced, you know, does she just, like, wake up and start, like, <laughs> recording voice memos? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I feel like that's the best way to really capture what it is you're thinking and feeling at that moment. If you're just right. like, oh, my God, I need to, like, put this down somewhere. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling right now. But she said, I think you're right. Like, she kind of wrote it recently, but it seems like over, like, a, like a I want to say a span of time. Not sure, like, how long or how yeah. short. But it's, like... You know, the album, when you do listen to it holistically, it is like night music. Like it very mm-hmm. much is you dim the lights, you sit in your bedroom <laughs> and you stare at the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it totally. Or like um, it's been really gloomy the past couple of days and like driving around at night in the rain mm. to these. Mm, that's good. <laughs> Maybe she planned it that way. Maybe she like pulled yeah, some she, cords. She actually like has mother nature's phone number and like <laughs> <laughs> called her out <laughs> exactly it's like hmm taylor wants us to listen to this in moody weather and it's now it's moody weather yeah. outside yeah hmm. yeah Coincidence. exactly <laughs> literally <laughs> i like to like so she talked about how creating this album was like i love this quote sucking like the poison out of a snake bite mm. Mm. that really hits hard you know like we've already said she's so good with songwriting and words and like I think that's such a good way to like encapsulate what an album could mean for someone yeah 
And that's also definitely a nod to Reputation, which is another album we're waiting to be re-released. Mm-hmm. The snakes were like the theme of that album. And that was definitely an Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. Wow, you, th- but, you think that was an Easter egg just by her saying that? Yeah. Mm. I think she's, I think that was her being like, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming, yeah. Well, so. I think there was a slight Easter egg in the Bejeweled music video. I a slight? Say. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you want to explain it? I was having a headache it? watching that. I was like, there's so many. Yeah, why don't you explain? Are you thinking of the elevator button one? Oh my, yeah, there's so there's so many. Okay. Um, there's the elevator. So Taylor Swift obviously likes to drop Easter eggs. She released the music video Bejeweled on Tuesday. And in it, the, the stepmother is like, speak not when the album is speak now. Mm-hmm. And she's like telling Cinderella to not speak. (laughs) And then there's this point where Taylor Swift gets in an elevator and there's like all the floors lined up on the elevator and it's one through 13 Mm -hmm. and fans like really do assign colors to albums and speak now, which is another one we're waiting to be re-released. Also my favorite um, (laughs) is purple. And she like hits the purple three, which speak now is the third album to be re-released in the elevator and if you look number 13 which would be including her studio albums and her re-releases would be her 13th album is also purple which hints that speak now taylor's version is next Mm -hmm. i think that's pretty clear like you said (laughs) yeah and it's just there's there was other like little things like the shape of the dancers laying on the floor looks like the CD speak now. <laughs> so I don't know. She, uh, yeah, <laughs> she, <laughs> she has me like running for the hills. She really does. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, can I tell you my thing? You can cut this out. You don't have to keep it in it if you want. No, I'm I think it's funny. It. What is it? Okay. So when I first listened to Bejeweled, I was like, this is my song. Like Taylor Same. Swift broke into my house, stole my diary and wrote this song about my life. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> what I thought. And then I do a birthday music video every year for my birthday. David's mm-hmm. been in it before. And I said to my friends this weekend, I was like, I want to do Bejeweled for my birthday. Like mm-hmm. it's obviously not going to be the music video she releases on Tuesday, but like ideally she releases one before my birthday so we can right. recreate it for my birthday. <laughs> And That's the one happened. she released on Tuesday. <laughs> That's so wild. So then, buckle up, it gets wilder. So then, we're watching the Bejeweled music video, and she's hinting at Speak Now, which is my favorite album. And I then think- it gets wilder, because she's holding the little locket, and on the locket, the hands are on the 12, and there's a mm. 2 on it. So fans are speculating that Speak Now Taylor's version might come out on December 2nd. Yes. Which the is the Friday thing. after my birthday. Right, exactly. It's so just all these things are. I think she, she's stalking me. I, I think, think she's just stalking. She's planning her life around yours. It seems. <laughs> she's like that Andrea girl really needs some help. <laughs> well, even like you know, on the topic of Bejeweled, the songwriting too in that song, like that was what really caught me to like saying, still making the whole place shimmer. Just it's so clever and it's so interesting because like I can tell this was an album that she didn't. And I mean, she kind of hasn't done this in a while either, I feel. She didn't engineer this album for being like a chart topper or having like multiple top singles. Like she, like I said earlier, she's Taylor Swift. She can do anything and she'll be successful. So it's like now she's just making music to make music. 
But like Bejeweled is a, a song I could picture being like, you know, her next single. And I mean, if she has the music video out, it's another reason. That mm-hmm. and Antihero, which is like going viral on TikTok. And she has a music video for that one. So it's like, those are like really the only two songs I see being like single singles. You know what I mean? And there's there's another music video coming. Oh, has she said like which one? Or is it going to be like under wraps? Nope. So before the album was released she did like a thing where i had to watch football to see this of course um like a trailer (laughs) yeah she did a trailer of the midnight's music videos and it showed like clips from the music videos that she was going to release and Mm -hmm. we thought it was just the two but there's clips from it that aren't in anti-hero or bejeweled so Mm. if i had to guess it looks like lavender haze like it's very lavender Mm. so we'll see i don't know it's funny you mentioned that because before this i wrote down in order which songs i mean this could be a little subjective Mm -hmm. but i wrote down in order like which songs on spotify have the most streams Mm, the most the most is anti-hero yeah no really surprise there and the second is lavender haze (gasps) also really yeah which is i mean it's also the first maybe because the first yeah 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 But, like, I like that song. I think it's a cool, like, concept of kind of, like, entering into this, you know, as she says, lavender haze. Like, entering Mm -hmm. into this little area that's kind of your own, that you're, like, Mm -hmm. navigating, trying to figure it out. You Mm -hmm. know, it sounds like, it's like an, um, what's the word I want to, like, a synonym for, like, your thoughts, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I think that could be a really cool music video if that's the route she's going down. I do too. And I, I really think that's about her and her boyfriend, Joe. And actually she said that on her Instagram reel that it's about mm. their relationship. So mm-hmm. we love that. We love yeah, that for her. That's a good, I do like that song. And then actually the next one, which I feel like is very interesting because I've heard people either like this one or hate this one. Oh gosh. Okay. The third most streamed right I know what now. it is. Wait, can I guess? Go for it. Is it karma? No. <gasps> okay. What is it? It's snow on the beach. Oh, Okay. Which like I think <laughs> that wouldn't because, be my third streamed, but <laughs> I think it's because of the Lana feature. Yeah, I think that's why. I personally, I kind of like that album. I mean that song because I think it fits. But I've heard other people say it's kind of boring. So what do you think? I will die on this hill. Like everyone was so angry that Taylor didn't give Lana more mm. time to sing on the album. But right. my argument is, I do not think that song would be half as good if Lana wasn't on it, like mm-hmm. to me, Lana adds so much to snow on the beach. Even if it is a small part, like we said, mm-hmm. you know, I can kind of see that. Yeah. I can see both where I think, yeah, maybe she could have had like maybe one extra verse, mm-hmm. but that song, like, you know, it was like engineered to include Lana. And did you know yeah. that Dylan O'Brien plays like the drums? The drums. Yeah. He was like fooling around in the studio with Taylor and Jack. And they were like, Oh, you want to play the drums? Like, right. <laughs> okay and that's something else she talked about on jimmy fallon she's like i just like making music with my friends and it just makes like the experience of making the music so much more wholesome Mm -hmm. and it's like well duh like she's really like creating she's creating something she loves with people she loves yeah and that probably makes it so much more special than like collaborating with some random person Mm -hmm. exactly 
And then here, I'll go down the rest of the list here. So these ones are all still in the range of like 40 million as of like, you know, Wednesday, October 26th. Just a casual 40 mil, you know? You know? So after Snow on the Beach, it's Maroon, Midnight Rain, and You're on Your Own, Kid. Which So that's just not mine. (laughs) It's weird, right? Like, I think everybody has... I like Maroon more so for like, I guess, like the concept. I don't love like the sound of it too, too much. Mm -hmm. But I like Midnight Rain. She also does like that fun, like voice distortion thing. And mm-hmm. sometimes people call it the share effect because you sound like share. Um, <laughs> in case you haven't heard that before. Um, well, can we talk about that for a second? The share effect. Yeah, because Rachel and I, our friend Rachel, have been talking about this a lot. That that like voice that you hear throughout the album, it starts the album and then you hear the voice throughout certain songs in the album mm-hmm. and then Rachel brought this up that during Dear Reader which is one of my favorite songs in the album mm-hmm. at the end you hear like the voice and then it fades to Taylor's voice and then it fades back to that voice mm. and it was like Taylor the whole time like as that like mysterious voice Ooh. so, so I don't know like it could be I, like an inner monologue in a way yeah like I think it was like her kind of like talking to herself throughout the whole album almost that's really cool that's trippy that is something mm-hmm. Rachel would catch on to I know well it, uh, she pointed that out and then I was like oh my god it's the whole album is like this like internal monologue like you said like her trying mm-hmm. to like figure th- like the answers out to her questions or whatever so yeah yeah and I mean like Oh, yeah, art. It's a, so great. <laughs> I mean, that's such an interesting concept. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. So then after like those couple, now we're in like the 30 million range. So okay. casual, 30 mil. So seven is vigilante shit. Love, then it's yeah. karma. Then question and then bejeweled, which rounds out the top 10. Okay. That's in which, the like, Mastermind's definitely in the bottom. Yeah. And then the last two, this is just off the regular version at the 3 a.m. extended. It's 11th is Labyrinth and 12 is Mastermind, hmm. which I've heard a lot of people say they like Mastermind. I'm like neither here nor there. Yeah. But I feel like you like that one, right? It's not like in my top, but I don't not like, I don't not like any of the songs, but <laughs> I, it just doesn't really resonate with me. Labyrinth, this happened to me in The Archer. When The Archer came out off of Lover, I was like, I just can't get into it. I can't get into it. And like, I kind of put it off to the side and now I like love the archer. And I feel like that's going to be me and labyrinth and mastermind. Yeah. So, well, I think like just I right was... now I like other ones more that I'm trying to learn the words to, you know? <laughs> well, like I was saying earlier, like with would have, could have, should have, I didn't really like that one initially, but then when I really got into it and like understood the lyrics, I was yeah. like, wait, this one has some depth. I kind of like this a little mm-hmm. bit more. Same thing with Karma. Like, I actually really liked, I would say, like, Bejeweled Antihero, actually, and then Karma are, like, my three favorite, which, like, all kind of fall into the more, like, upbeat, like, poppy vein. Mm -hmm. But, like, Karma itself, like, same thing I'm looking at my note, and, like, all the things she, like, references or compares with Karma. Like, I like Mm -hmm. how she was, like, the cat, like, looking... You know, so cheesy, but it works so well. I was like, of course she's gonna make a cat comment. She's crazy about her cats you know we all know this <laughs> but <laughs> it's like it's just another case of her being so clever like with mm-hmm. her songwriting so now I'm like okay now I like that song even more I know I know it's really good and yeah what's the rumor people are saying that um 
bigger than the whole sky. Oh, I don't know about that one. What's that one? It's about a miscarriage. Oh, one of really? her close friends had a miscarriage recently. And uh, I think people speculate that's what that's about. So, mm-hmm. but it's really interesting how like that song is kind of about grieving. So it can kind of be about anything. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That so. one I wasn't really like too into. Another one though, because that one is, um, that a- one's one of the 3 a.m. ones, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of those, one of the other 3 a.m. tracks that I really got into too off the lyrics was High Infidelity. Mm. Catchy. Catchy. Right. I thought it was like a really cool angle of presenting, you know, like a relationship kind of being on the rocks and like questioning mm-hmm. if somebody's like cheating on you essentially. Yeah. But same thing. She's like, this one I was line dancing I... around dancing was that the one yeah no it was the one <laughs> after that nice try it was the one <laughs> after that where it's like there's so many ways to kill the one you love and the slowest is not loving them enough like yeah <laughs> it's just so powerful oh, it is. who thinks of that <laughs> apparently taylor swift at like apparently midnight <laughs> yeah yeah my top three would be bejeweled mm-hmm. i love dear reader and Paris. Ooh, I yeah, that's love a cute Paris. I, I why is no one talking about that? Hmm? Mm, my roommate likes Paris actually. That's one of her favorites. I'm so in love. The, oh, it's the chorus. The chorus just hooks me in. I'm like, ah. <laughs> that one it. I could see too. Like if it was because like the production on this album too, like we said, is a little bit more like indie and like underground. That mm-hmm. one could easily be like mixed and you could turn it into like a banger. Banger. Yeah. Like it would yeah. pop off on the charts. Mm. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's find someone. Come I on. I want that playing at every Starbucks in the entire country. <laughs> every I want it playing at like every clothing store. Could you oh, imagine? Yeah. yeah. Like shopping for sweaters. Like, mm, yeah, pairs. <laughs> yeah. So good. It is a good one. Honestly, there's just so much to talk about with this album that I don't even know like how else to like incorporate it into the conversation. But I want to end with this. And this is on her Instagram. Mm. When the album dropped, she said, and this is the end of the hella long caption that she posted. Midnight's is a collage of of intensity, highs and lows and ebbs and flows. Life can be dark, starry, cloudy, terrifying, electrifying, hot, cold, romantic or lonely just like midnights which is out now it's just mic drop i just don't know how else to describe yeah. it besides that but coming That's from the it. horse's mouth herself taylor <laughs> yeah yeah i think that really sums it up because it is like an album that some songs like paris you want to dance to some songs you want to cry to so like it's it's a good range of like everything you can feel at midnight and honestly, it's an album. If an album can make you feel all those things, I think the artist knows they've done their job. Yeah, and me as a listener, I, I, that's why Speak Now is my favorite album of hers because mm. it has that range of just songs that make you feel so many things. And I think this is like that too. Mm-hmm. Which right. I think, you know, not a lot of artists do as well, you know? Mm-hmm. But so thanks, what, she does, what she does, she does it well. Mm-hmm. She's doing it and she well. makes a lot of money off of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to Midnight's yet by Taylor Swift, give it a listen. You'll definitely find some you like, some you don't. But overall, you're mm-hmm. in for a ride. So, Andrea, or you can go to Target, buy yes. the album, and hear the deluxe track. Hits different, which I can tell you, 
it's different. <laughs> Ooh, I like what you did there. Get those hard copies. Yeah, we need those hard copies. In Let's our break lives. those records. We- <laughs> she's already broken a couple. So, I mean, she's yeah. like outdone herself time and time again with this one, too. So, the most streamed album it was in like a day. In one day, I have the number 184.6 million in one day on Spotify. And she broke that same record on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. which was all my hard work so. <laughs> obviously andrea and her clan of taylor fans <laughs> oh, glad to see it paid off <laughs> of well andrea thank you so much for coming on i'm so glad we finally got to do a taylor swift review it this was the easiest the conversation i've ever had <laughs> <laughs> so glad i could do that for you and i'm so glad we could make this work <laughs> so go stream midnights i have this thing where And that's the rotated review. Want to join me for the next review? Send in your suggestions to the on podcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Make sure you hit that follow button while you're at it. To read this review fully, see my blog, or listen to past episodes, log on to onrotationpodcast.wordpress.com. And now it's time to take a look at what pops this week in news. Kanye West is losing partnerships after making offensive comments about the Jewish community. Adidas said they will no longer house the rapper's Yeezy sneakers, and TJ Maxx said their stores will no longer carry his merchandise. West has also publicly condemned his statements by saying he doesn't believe in the term anti-Semitic. Sam Smith and Kim Petras are the first publicly non-binary and transgender artists to top the Billboard Hot 100 with their collaborative single, Unholy. The song, released September 22nd, debuted at number 3 before taking the top spot three weeks later. Unholy is also both artists' first number one single. Jerry Lee Lewis has died at the age of 87. Nicknamed The Killer, Lewis was regarded as the last survivor of a generation of groundbreaking performers like Elvis Presley, Chuck Berry, and Little Richard, according to the AP. His hits include Great Balls of Fire and Whole Lot of Shaking Going On. And Rihanna has returned to music with a new single. The singer released Lift Me Up for the Black Panther Wakanda Forever movie soundtrack on Friday, October 28th. Rihanna hasn't released her own music since her 2016 album, Anti. That's going to do it for this episode. Feel free to join us next time when we rotate through a whole new slew of topics with all new guests. In the meantime, keep it real, y'all.